Hi, I'm Lee. I'm Ria. I'm Marley. Number one, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at like, doing things for me. It's going to take us about two weeks to learn it. Would I want to go to him if I wanted to hug? Absolutely not. Actually, give yourself a bit of a break. Mayonnaise, <laughs> better out of a jar. I've been overruled, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, peeps. Peeps. <laughs> Is it really worth talking about? Oh, We can't control ourselves, everyone. Welcome back to episode whatever it is. Um, today. Number 18 today. Number 18. Number 18. Number 18. Bloody hell, guys. Um, today we're going to be talking about diet culture. But first of all, I think we well, we start off with a fun topic. And today we're going to start off talking about <coughs> dating. Bloody hell. You're uncouth. Uncouth? Me? Coughing. Um... I looked away from the mic when I did it. Cough that me. <laughs> you did. <laughs> That's what you get. Oh, we've just found out. That's what you get. Blocking me on Instagram. I walk in, Marley goes, Oh, Rhea, did you see my Instagram story last night? And I'm like, No, I didn't. No, did you post something? She was like, Well, you saw it, you didn't even have to say anything. I was like, pretty sure I didn't see anything of yours. Look on Instagram. I was like, Well, it's not showing you've posted a story. Well, we get to the bottom of it and find out she's blocked me and Lee on Instagram stories. <laughs> she's blocked us. Not intentionally, I don't know why. I must have been trying to do something and instead I blocked them, but you've missed comedy gold now for God knows how long. <laughs> I know, all these stories I've never seen have been blocked. Up. I'll go back through if you want. Yes, please. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All the people to bloody block. I know. I know. So hang on, you didn't just block me fine fair enough but lee harris counseling that's your counseling page you've blocked do you know i think i went to post something about us and then i didn't so i wonder if i don't know maybe i press block i have another theory in our success (laughs) molly (laughs) wants to break out on her own what can i say i'm jesse nelson Yeah, carry on to dating. Okay, so I saw a meme that said, what is the pettiest reason you wouldn't date someone? And I come up with two straight away. Go on. One, people have like zip-up fleeces. <laughs> so, hold on, is this before? <laughs> I like is a zip-up fleece. Before... Like a trespass one. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I do have a few. I do have a few zip-up fleeces. Is this like, so you wouldn't, <coughs> first date, or you wouldn't go back for a second date for petty reasons? Because no, obviously some stuff you won't even... find out until you've been on a date. Well, if I, as soon as I find it out, that would be like a no. Okay, so if you saw like a picture of them in a fleece. Yeah, like I think like... like my ex used to, sorry, listening, I doubt you do, but he used to wear like a silver fleece and like my dad always used to wear them. You know the ones with like right. the proper dad ones? All yeah, all right. <clears throat> and they just like camel colour, oh, get in the bin. I actually, <laughs> camel colour's quite in at the moment. No, I know, but do you understand what I mean? Like the dad. You're allowed to have your own neck, come on. Yeah. It was just X we're talking. I suppose so, yeah. And then my other one would be any man that says lol in a text message to me, hun, or babe. <coughs> oh. That's quite savage, Mark. I know, but what can I say? Lol? Why can't they say lol? I say that to you all the time. Yeah, yeah but if it's like I was a, thinking we do that. If I was like a man I was like seeing and he was like sent me something funny, he was like, lol, like that would just instantly what? <laughs> you said lol in a text No. In fact, I think he did once and I was like, why are you saying lol for? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. I think it's fine like for anybody else. If someone I was dating, like, oh, I'd have to contend with that for the rest of my life. 
all right. Or you know when like a man's like too over familiar and they're like, you okay, hun? Oh, Don't yeah, fucking call me I hun. I get the hun thing. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just being honest. Well, you can it's be, you're fine. entitled to that. I do, like, I, I do end up saying, like, no, what do I end up saying? I don't know, actually. What do you mean, lol? Why? No, like, lol, I don't mind. But, like, um, you know, being familiar, I probably do end up, but not, but not, okay. least, not before a date. <laughs> yeah. You know when you're just, like, chatting to somebody, like, people I've spoke to people, like, in the past, and, like, before you've even got anywhere romantic, it's like, oh, OMG, like, you okay, hun? Like, shut up. I don't think any boys call me hun. Wow. I think that's quite, like, a, a girl thing. That's very, um, <laughs> gender-specific, but a girl thing to say, hun. Or it's become quite, um, comedic now to say hun, like, you're taking the mick out of someone if you call them hun. Yeah, like, I would you say... You do you, hun. Yeah. You're okay, hun. Yeah. Just for bands. But, like, again, like, friends is fine, but specifically someone I was So if you're on Tinder and someone's like, yes, is it swipe left or right, whatever yeah. it is, and they come, oh, hi, hun, how are you? Straight <laughs> in the bin. Straight in the bin. Wow. <laughs> Don't call me hun. Imagine okay. if they did that and they were in a face. In the words of Hayley from Love Island, I'm not your hun, hun. No, that was oh. Eeyore, wasn't it? Eeyore? Eeyore. Eeyore. Yeah, that was it. In the words of Eeyore, not your hun-hun. That's the point. I don't want you to be my hun. That's a very good accent, Marnie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think, for me, one of the things I hate on men is long fingernails. <laughs> What's long? That's an ick for me. What's long? Anything that's bl above the skin. Oh, that's oh. not for me. I don't... Tell me more. <laughs> I'm just saying that didn't bother me, but tell me more. Oh, no, I just don't like long fingernails at all. Don't, it's not for me. That's an ick for me. Even though you have long fingernails. Yeah, but on a man, I, I don't think... <coughs> it's pretty uncouth. <laughs> As Marley said earlier. That's the word of the day, uncouth. uncouth. Yeah, don't like that. Is that your only thing? Uh, I'm sure there's more. Um... Let me have a little thing. Um, I'm trying to do think. I don't know if there Luke is any. Luke said um, that his would be girls who go, oh my god, yeah, uh, like yeah, Chloe from Love Island. Yeah, couldn't have that. Couldn't have that. So I'm assuming you're speaking to them, because obviously most people talk through text to start off with. Because mm. to know that, you would be FaceTiming them, yeah? What? Well, it could even oh be god. like, but it could even be guess... like you go on a date with them and then you spot something and you're like, oh, that's an instant no for me. <laughs> Or like, um, it's the pettiest reason to not date someone. So it could be someone you know, and they're like, oh my God, you want to go on a date? I don't know, we're all American, but <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that could be like, no, I'm not going out things. Is teeth a petty reason? Petty is subjective, so if it, Yeah, it's true. You know. I do, like, they've got to be able to, I don't know, have a good smile. Mm-hmm. So if, if they're the teeth, uh, If they're what? They have a snaggle tooth. <laughs> What's a snaggle tooth? Like one that's like... <laughs> I know, I don't, see, I, I don't know, there's something the about teeth that sometimes I find it quite, like, I don't know, it makes them cuter, and other times it makes them... Not so cute. <laughs> not mine, not for me, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, whereas, like, teeth for me is not something I ever really look at. I think it is just, I would argue, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm I, did. <laughs> I didn't do it in your face, did I? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would argue that if someone doesn't have something that they wouldn't date someone for, that for me would be a red flag. Oh. So again. What, because you think they'll just 
gonna go for anyone. Yeah, they've got mm. no standards for themselves whatsoever. So I mean, but would... standards, Marley, is one thing, but not because they like a zip. Yeah, but the least is <laughs> I don't class that as a standard. <laughs> what can I say? Is any standard issues? for me is if they make you laugh or if they're caring, they're kind. Okay, not well, you're own, like, like everyone has something that irritates them. Yeah, one hundred. And I would say that if someone says I have there is absolutely nothing that anybody can do that irritates me, then that would immediately be a red flag for me. I suppose, yeah, like long hair I couldn't tolerate. On a man? On a man, no. Really? What, not I've even, had, um, what's, like, what's his face from, what's his face from, is it Geordie Shaw, the one with the big, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. tattoos? Oh, yeah. That's a bit what's his name? Who's that? I don't know, but... The one that everybody likes. He's oh, got, like, tattoos know. up his neck and then he's got the big hair. Good looking bloke. Oh, I don't know. If it's long, long hair, like, no, not for me, like a bob on a man. If no. Oh, but like in a ponytail? No, still no. <laughs> like that long. <laughs> See, I find it really really sexy. me when I have my top knot. I hated the top knot. Lee's had some hair faux pas in the past. <laughs> and the top we'll knot. Them. And the top knot is one of the worst for me. And it he keeps saying, before. I'm growing it back from the top knot. No. We won't be listening. We won't, we won't no be hair. growing it back from the top knot. I'm hair medication now. You can't do the top knot. You've got hair. The tops go in thin. He's hiding it. We can't, we can't see it. No, because I can hide it at the moment. Give me six months. Oh, you, you need sugar bear hair. What's that? I don't know, Kylie Jenny. Yeah, so. it's like a vitamin uh, supplement. Okay. Oh, that's what I've got, a vitamin supplement. <coughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Who was the one who said they'd never been on a date before? You? Mm. Yeah. Well, but even like, so like I've only ever been out with like... My both of my boyfriends. Mm -hmm. I've never dated. No, so that's the same. Right. So being out like on <clears> date nights with your partner. But what happened like at the beginning of like I suppose your no. relationship? We never went on dates. Never went out for a meal. It was too easy, wasn't I? <laughs> 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 How old are you? Um, 17, 18. You're not great for meals or anything? Um, like at the beginning, right at the beginning? To get to know each other more. I suppose you two worked together, didn't you? So yeah, you knew we already knew already. each other, yeah. So no, it wasn't really, we don't really go on dates as the such now. And what about Luke? Did he take you out for meals? Dates? Uh, yeah, all the time. At the beginning? Yeah. Took me to the well, pilot. You couldn't go back, couldn't go back was, to your ways, could you? Well, no, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell him I was dating him. <laughs> um, obviously, the pilot was our first date where I just laughed like the whole time, but he used to take me like, out for Italian, Indian, Chinese. Wow. Sounds perfect, Molly. I know. Look at him. Perfect. Oh, don't. He's sat over here, so he's probably listening and loving it, by the way. He is good at everything, remember? Yeah. We were just having a conversation about, like, because I said I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, and Marley didn't like my answer, so I had to come up with an answer that well, I thought I was my best feature. What, attribute. Trait. Attribute, yeah, whatever, yeah. Um, and so we all struggled, but Luke's answer was that he's brilliant at everything. So, and wasn't uh, backing down from that either. <laughs> Staying quiet when there's a podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Hello, welcome back. Um, so we're obviously going to talk about diet culture. It's January. It's probably the um, time of year where everybody thinks about going on a diet, going to fix their life, new routines. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so, I've done a bit of research. A bit of facts, spitting. <laughs> um, so, I thought I'd go into a bit of what diet culture actually is. 
Um, so it's preoccupation with physical appearance coupled with adhering to perfect eating standards. Uh, it's a rigid set of expectations about value and thinness and attractiveness over physical health and emotional well-being. It can be a risk factor for... Oh, nervous now because Lee was at high feeling and I was feeling fine and now I feel nervous. Right, it's a risk factor for body dysmorphia, um, disordered eating and other mental health issues. Do you know what body dysmorphia is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, I didn't, so I'll tell the group. So body dysmorphia, someone who spends a lot of time... <coughs> bloody hell. <laughs> someone who spends a lot of time worrying about their flaws, uh, worry about a specific area of your body, mainly your face. Spends oh, your face, actually. Mm. I never thought that. Spend lots of time comparing <coughs> to others, look in mirrors a lot or avoid mirrors, Spend a lot of time concealing flaws with clothes or makeup and picking at skin to make it smooth. When I was doing this, I realised I took every single box of that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You pick your face? If I like, yeah, to like, if I get into like a mood, I will like just pick everywhere just oh, to make yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so, it's tends trends in Western influenced societies. So here are some examples of diet culture. So labeling foods as good or bad, exercising to burn off a specific amount of mm. calories or to <clears throat> earn a treat, limiting or avoiding entire food groups, feeling guilt or shame for eating, attempting to suppress your appetite with caffeine, nicotine, skinny mm. teas or water, avoiding certain social situations to avoid eating, feeling unworthy or unattractive due to body, um, weighing and changing your behaviours based on the number on the scale, worshipping thinness and weight loss, assuming that your body is responsible for good or bad things happening to you. To have all those things on that list, how many do you think? Oh my gosh, loads of those. Mm. <clears throat> I think I ticked off every single one except avoiding certain social situations to avoid eating, because that for me would be like the perfect excuse to eat. To go to... Okay. Mm. <clears throat> Why? Because that's socially acceptable, isn't it? Like, if I went to a buffet, I can probably eat what I want and as much as I want, and no one's going to really say anything. Whereas if I was at home and I ate yeah. the same amount, I'd be like, bloody hell, Barney, do you want to put that plate down? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get that, actually. That's true. I wonder where it come, where we get to this point, because a lot of those I do relate to, like, cutting certain food groups out or eat, drinking caffeine to um, stop your hunger. Mm. But where do we... like? who's to blame for this like 100 years ago was this a thing did people cut out fats to stop them putting on weight or did they have more coffee so that they didn't do was it coffee invented then <laughs> did they Probably have a coffee then to limit how much they ate or is it just a thing of our culture today because of newspaper like i always remember is it when i used to go and see my nan she'd be like oh i've read in the paper you shouldn't eat bread potato chips <clears throat> and you'll lose weight and that was always, she'd have a different diet every single week because mm. of what was in the papers. Mm. And now, obviously, it's social media and what things are on there. Although, I do think social media is going the other way now and teaching you the right way. If you look in the right places, teaching you the yeah. right way to eat balanced, I suppose. It's not even a diet. They don't, they don't encourage diets anymore. I'd say it's more eating balanced and having a healthy lifestyle more than... Mm all of these types of things, I suppose. I think that's the key, though, isn't it? Like, looking in the right place, because you can easily mm. get sucked in by oh, yeah. skinny teas, different diets, 
um, all that sort of stuff. Like I used to drink Pepsi Max and eat chewing gum yeah. to suppress my appetite. Yeah, all the time. Like just constantly. I remember getting to myself like, I remember getting to lunchtime and being like, oh, if I just have a bottle of Pepsi Max, mm. I'll keep going till tea. Yeah. Really? Mm. Mm. I never known the Pepsi Max one. Just because it's starting. Yeah, don't start. Yeah, no, no, no. Or this Pepsi Max. I've got three bottles in the fridge. That'll last me the week. Do you know that's so funny you should say that because I was looking at like the top five. Um, most popular diets of last of 2021 and I was looking at them I'm like oh I've tried that and then I was like Harley what are you doing yeah it's <laughs> true but number one was keto being the most popular diet of 2021 the number two 16 to 8 fasting diet number three is the alkaline diet what's that one? one I think that's things with high acids so like um, fish and okay. stuff like that for the blood type diet so there's um, research that shows that your blood type needs different things mm -hmm. compared to other people's blood type and then the Mediterranean diet which is mostly vegan guess how much money was pumped into the diet industry last year oh my god I literally 7 billion pounds dread to think yeah like 5 billion ridiculous alright well it's 2 billion so it's <laughs> oh. I was so shocked by that though I didn't expect it to be in the billions when you say pumped into diet culture you say in into these like skinny teas yeah, and laxatives tablets slim oh my gosh juice plus I know I've done juice plus yeah I couldn't do oh, those God. ones I just couldn't I don't know the idea of doing like a shake diet or a juice diet I know I I, I love food too much Mm. I just wouldn't, I know that I would be setting myself up to fail straight away the minute I went on one of them. I think all these diets, though, you set yourself up to fail when you're not eating, like, we're made to eat all food types and all food groups. Like, vegans may disagree, vegetarians may disagree. <laughs> Although they get that food type, I suppose, where we get protein from meats, they get theirs from different sources. Mm. But to survive and to, to survive and thrive, we need to eat all those food groups. So to limit and just have juices or certain food groups, I don't think, well, you're, you're going to fail. You set yourself up to fail, I suppose, don't you? Well, you do. 80% <laughs> of people who shed a significant portion of their body fat will not maintain that for 12 months. In fact, they regain, for 12 months. Mm -hmm, they regain more than half of what they lose in two years. Wow. Two-thirds of Brits are on a diet most of the time. 60% of women and 44% of men. Um, I bet that's quite a bit... It'd be quite interesting to see that, that male stat. Mm. Like, well, that was like 10 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago. Mm. I, I bet, bet it wasn't was as lower. high. Mm. There definitely is a shift in like males, how they see themselves now, I think. Yeah, and, and obviously the grooming and all that sort of stuff. Definitely. They didn't care so much before, did they? No. That's definitely something I think I wanted to touch on today because I think it's probably more socially known that women go on diets but like from a male perspective i don't think for a long time i ever really considered that a man would even have a need like, to go on a diet yeah or body confidence issues yeah. or anything like that really yeah so from your perspective yeah when do you remember the first time you were conscious of your weight or how you looked i was trying to think about that the other day i always thought that it was um in my early 20s so when i got with daniel i was just turned 22 and I remember then by about 23, 24, like having what I perceive as a bit of chub. Whereas before you could always see my ribs. And, but, so I thought it started then. However, I remember when I lived in Plymouth, I, this memory only came to me the, the other day. Um, I remember going to the beach with my friends then and they all had their tops off and I refused to take my top off because I was worried about not looking as good as them. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I was <clears throat> like worried about looking big then. I just, I just knew I didn't have 
like they were toned and I was definitely not toned so if I even was running it would be a bit I don't know shaky <laughs> yeah um, so in your 10 20s that's the first time you remember feeling big okay yeah um yeah and then I don't know when the first time that I started kind of like properly going on a diet my brain says when we did slimmer world i'm looking at ria mm. um me her and daniel did slimmer world for a while didn't we yeah we did um and so my, my brain says that was probably the first time i went on a proper kind of yeah looked at how i ate mm. thing but i look back at photos because obviously the thing with facebook memories now is you can see all these different you know photos and stuff from back in the day and obviously my mum was talking about this last night about how even now at 36 I'll you know although I think I'm big now I'll probably get to 60 and see a photo of me at 36 and think mm -hmm. oh, I wish I was that size <clears throat> and you know you get that now I see pictures of me in my 20s and I thought I was fat then let alone you know how I feel about myself now mm. so yeah I don't I um, think because also like I was brought up with mum mm. you know I, I'm I'm not in the smallest family so they've always talked, kind of like your nan, I suppose, they've yeah. always talked about diets and eating, you know, when we, we're, never, we're not good eaters, we'd always go to my nan's and there'd be a buffet of something, you know, my nanny Harris's on a Friday, there'd always be bad food and mm -hmm. chocolates and bags of chocolates and biscuits in the tin, you know, if you find the right tin, not the plasters tin. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I just, so we've always, I, I expect I've never been around a healthy culture, you know, with regards to food mm. you know I think we could say most people could say that mm. purely from the people we grew up with so our mums and our nans grandparents just purely because that's what they were exposed to as well yeah the then it was a more of a drastic diet culture well, I suppose maybe today it's still so drastic but it was less evidence-based maybe it was just kind of cut this or mm. have like the special k diet mm. like have two bowls of cereal a day and then a tea like all those types of fad diets that came through were all, I feel, very newspaper, like the sun or the mirror yeah. or whatever, directing all these diets. I just feel a bit like, as we're talking, like, I can't, I don't understand fully why we didn't have a bad, like a, a good food thing in our house because my mum cooked fresh all the time, really, I think. You know, hardly anything was ever really like oven based or anything like that. It was all, you know, fresh food. But I suppose the, the downfall for me was. This is, this is where it went bad. Was uh, we were only allowed two biscuits at the tin at any one time. I was just going to say this. So we then when we got older, I was like, binge. I'll have that, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, but chocolate was my thing. I would probably have about six bars of chocolate a day. What? Um, yeah, easily. Six a day? Easily. What? As in, that's what your mum would put in your lunchbox or no, you'd no. get separately? <laughs> no, no, they would just Because I want fridge. Sharon to put me a lunchbox in my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I never had a lunchbox. So I always, secondary school, I always went home for lunch. But so I would that always, was always take a chocolate bar with me and my big fleece, my zip-up fleece, uh, to, to school. Ones, yeah, the central ones. Were they were massive, so you could they have were. your pencil case, your books, everything there. <laughs> Didn't need a bag. <laughs> You'd see the boys walk into school and they would look like Michelin men. Because <laughs> <of the laughs> everything was carried. Yeah. But um, I'd always have a chocolate bar in there, and then at lunchtime I'd probably have two. Then I'd have one when I got in from school, and then I'd have one after tea, and then probably one in the evening. Easily. I think that That's is like the key, dream. though, like, restrictiveness, because, like, we were very restricted. And so, like, I remember being in secondary school, and I used to come home for lunch, but I used to go into the cupboard and get, like, in my wardrobe, I had, like, a little penny purse. So I'd get, like, 50p, and they used to these massive donuts filled with chocolate. So I used to, like, quickly get that, make sure I got dropped off back at school early enough so I could go to the canteen and get one. Yeah. And, like, those are the little things I'd, like, live for. I did a similar thing on the way to school when I was about year five or year six. 
mum used to stop at um, like a co-op to get the paper. So she'd say, oh, I'll stop here, run in, grab me the paper and then drop us off at school. Mm. But I used to take money in with me that I had at like 50p and buy a chocolate bar. And that was what I'd have on my break. Mm. So all those things that you'd get without, no matter how much your parents, I suppose, tried to make you have a healthy lifestyle, you'd be able to go out and deviate anyway and get mm. what you wanted. Yeah. What was the age that you then, Ria, first noticed I think, were aware of your weight? I think mine was my early 20s. I think when me and Callum have been together for a few years and you get comfortable when you're in a new relationship, we would have takeaways a lot or go out for meals. And I remember thinking, God, I've put... Like, this is <laughs> this, this is awful. I think you've, you've heard the story. I used to work at Wilco and I used to sit on the till with my trousers undone because they just didn't do up anymore. And it used to get worse and worse. So I'd be like, right, okay, something needs to happen now. So I started going to like a small gym. But then I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I still eat bad, but think going to the gym would be okay and compensate for it. Um, so I'd say, yeah, like 21, 22 was when I think probably ever since I've always been like, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to look, get fitter all the time, pretty much. But I think, I don't know if it's the same for men, you might say it is, Lee, but for girls, definitely, you're comparing, you're, you compare yourself to, like, oh, look, like you said, look how thin I was here, or I want to look like I did then. But girls go through such changes with their body, mm. through growing up. And That's really tough, don't you find? Yeah, so and you're tough. like, you're never going to get back to that body because mm. you've grown up into a woman. Yeah, you <laughs> so never gonna... curves. Exactly, so you're never going to get back to that. So mm. you're always aiming for something that is not achievable and then comes the I don't know the starving yourself or the one shake a day to get back to that point of mm. something that's not achievable anymore because your body's just not there. But I was seven the first Seven? Time. Yeah I remember being ill and I remember thinking oh yes like this jumper's baggier on me and I, there's a picture I've got seven. yeah and I knew I knew I remembered that day was the first day I come out from being ill and I was very aware that I was much slimmer than I was before I was always conscious. I'd probably say it got really bad when I was 15. So before we moved back to England, I was adamant I would not be fat coming back here. So I, used to, I started to run constantly, can you believe? Um, <laughs> and then, because I wasn't allowed out for other reasons, um, I used to run on the spot every single day. If I had an M&M, I'd go for a 10 minute run on the spot. Like, I'm really, really... And I got to the point where it's so bad, I didn't have a period for three months. Mm. So I just... My body was not getting those nutrients. But, yeah, for so long, I've, most of my life, I've been conscious I of the way what, I look. At what point at seven, you're exposed to something to think, I'm, I'm not happy with how I look. I'm, oh, it's great that I'm losing a bit of weight. Well, yeah, even just being aware of that. Like, yeah. coming out and thinking, oh, I've lost weight since I've been ill. Yeah. Like, why was that even a thing at yeah, seven? exactly. Uh, probably because I was bullied for being fat. Like when I'm, you were young? Yeah. Like you've shown I, us pictures, you're not. No, I know. I know that now looking back. But yeah, like always, constantly, like people used to push me over, laugh at me, call me fat. Like this girl used to spin me around and like until I fell on the floor and just point and laugh at me and call me fat. Like I was always the fat friend or like people used to deliberately do things and give me the reason that because I was fat, that's mm. why that would happen to me. Like stuff like that. So it's always been like my mum was never happy with her size. My dad was always very weight conscious because he was bullied when he was young um i get all that i think but i just think seven is yeah it's such, sad like, isn't it really yeah it's like sad. i'm actually shocked that you both said in your 20s that made me realize how much 
But I think like I was fortunate to be like you could see my bones pretty much up until my twenties, so I didn't have to overly think about it. I don't think, and Mm. I and I know I I definitely don't have an issue with being skinny. Uh, I would, if anything, I would give anything to be skinny again. Um, So I wouldn't. It wouldn't have been an issue for me because there's obviously something in my head that says skinny is completely fine, Mm. and because I was skinny, I didn't have to think about it. Mm. I think yeah, I didn't have to think about it because. Growing up, we would always be walking around, walking everywhere. Like, me and my friends would walk from, I don't know, Abbeydale all the way into yeah. town to Brockworth. Cycle like, or something, yeah. Yeah, mm. so you're always walking around everywhere. And then the moment I got a car, like I said, into a relationship, then it started to pass. So that was probably the moment I've noticed. But yes, you hear it all growing up with your parents and the diet culture thing, but seven really shocks me mm. that that's the age you felt... It's sad, isn't it? You're that conscious of weight at that age. Yeah, it is really. I kind of expected both of yours to be younger than it was. But, I mean, then, like, things happen. So, like, after a significant trauma, I really hated my body. And I did exactly that. I would blame my parents on why that happened partially. And, like, I was always told, don't wear red lipstick. Don't wear this. Don't let that. Don't highlight your body. Like, my body's always been a very kind of negative thing yeah. for me mm. um so I think that I find that really tough um but like even like so I sent Liam a, a picture of me from like seven years ago um but even then like they could see like I wasn't they I blurred bits out but they could see like I was naked but even then that's when I started to put on weights and I kind of look back at that now and like I was even thinner than that like you did see my bones and that was really you unhealthy had, you had um good curve yeah, yeah. Hourglass figure, mine. <laughs> but I was so unhealthy, like but mentally, what point did so you... unhealthy because I lit- all I thought about was food, yeah. and all I did was restrict myself. What point did you recognise there was something not right about how you were restricting yourself, or did you ever? Mm, probably when my dad was like, like I can feel your bones now, like this needs so to stop. Up until that point, were they concerned, or were you concerned? Not, not vocally to me. They obviously were to some degree, but yeah. not to so me. Did, did you ever get to that point then where you were able to kind of look in the mirror and go, yeah, now that's perfect? I've, I've never been happy. Right. Not at any point have I ever been happy with the way I look. Because if I lost weight, then I'd lose like the size of my breasts or like I wouldn't have a bum and then mm. I'd be like, oh my God, what have I done now? And then I'd go on to like other things, like squatting all the time and stuff like that. Um, or I was just... I, what it was, what I realised recently, I almost feel embarrassed to admit this, but it was the want of male attention. Like, mm. if a man did not think I was attractive, I was worthless. Mm. And that is yeah. how I probably felt most of my life, which is pathetic, really. It's not pathetic. <laughs> no, it's not pathetic. That's, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah, I know, but all right, now put your country in the head on. <laughs> that's not, yeah. If you had a client saying that to you right now, what would you say? That's sad. Why? That's just tragic, isn't it? What's happened in my life to make me only feel worthless if a man values my appearance? I don't know what I'd say to a client because I can't think about that right now. (laughs) 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 But I do think that's really sad. I understand why and like where it comes from, but I can I be yeah? What's going on now? Uh, I probably would cry. Yeah, because it is sad. I think you know, like. I don't want to be that way. I'd like to find myself. Like Luke said yesterday, we were like joking. We always say, like, love you the most and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, I love you more than you love yourself. And like, that's true. Yeah. Like, he does massively. And I don't love many things about myself. And that's just really sad, I think. Like, that I've 
spent most of my life, 20 years of my life. Trying to change yourself. Yeah. Like even today, like I felt quite good about myself. Then we went into the shop and as I walked in, there's like this mirror directly in front of me and I was like, oh my God. It's a bitch, isn't it? Yeah, like instantly, like <laughs> changed my whole mood. Interior designer does that. Absolutely zero need. <laughs> I know, people who probably feel comfortable with themselves. <laughs> yeah. But I do, yeah. no, no, but yeah. who does? Who, do you ever speak to anyone that feels comfortable with themselves? Um, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because mm. um, he's good like, I think there's a lot of people out there who do feel comfortable with themselves. I think there's a lot of people out there that probably go, oh, well, yeah, maybe if I look like that, I could probably look a little bit better or more like what I would like to look like. But they, I do think a lot of people feel comfortable still with where they're at. Mm. Um, do you think? But, there are, but I do think there are also a, a lot of people that... I think you know. there's different levels of people that feel unhappy with themselves. Like people discuss, are disgusted with themselves or think, yeah. I look horrific, I look gross, I hate myself. And then you've probably got the other scale or the middle of the scale where people are like, oh, I need to lose a stone and I'd be happier. Yeah. But not really so disgusted or self-loathing of themselves. Yeah. But I don't know, really, thinking, I don't, no one's brings to mind where I think, yeah, they're happy with how they look, apart from Daniel when he says he looks 100% fantastic all the yeah. time. But I don't think there's anyone that's like, thinks they are, they look good, they look great. Like, no, it's, it's, no one would admit to themselves in this day and age that they say... He's got, Luke's got his hand up. What? <laughs> Do you look at yourself in the mirror, Luke, and think, I look great? Yeah. Honestly think that. See, to be um, like that would be like a breath of fresh air. Go on. I was going to say, I want to lose some weight, but that's only for football purposes, so I get around a pitch better. That's it. Yeah. I still think I look... So it's not like a sense of value in self, it's no. just a purely a fitness thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't hear that, um, Luke said that when he looks in the mirror, he just thinks he'd like to lose a bit of weight for football purposes, not from a value on himself perspective. And to feel like that would be a breath of fresh air. Like, my body's yeah. changing now at the moment pretty much every day, and I'm hating it. Are you actually? <laughs> yeah. Even though you've got a reason it. for it. I absolutely hate it because... Is that because of how it makes you feel or because how you look? Both. Like, I know I spoke to Maya about this, even from, like, the beginning. Mm. I feel, yes, my body's doing an amazing thing and growing a human and that's great. But all I think about is the after of what is this, what's going to, what's my body going to look like after this? It's never going to be the same again. And I didn't like it really before I got pregnant, so it's only going to be worse at the end. So do you know why yours is the way that, you know, you're thinking about your body is, like Marlis just said that hers was coming from this place that to, to males in particular, she's got a sense of worthlessness. Do you know where your, why does your body need to be? Better. Yeah. I don't know. I think I've, like the same, I've, like from my 20s, yeah, I've always been unhappy with what I'm, what I look like. I feel like my nan and my family are very honest and say, oh, where you put a bit of weight on, yeah. that you should lose it type thing. So then you think, oh, people are noticing it. Mm. Maybe I do need to lose weight because why would they say? So I obviously do need to do something. But no, I couldn't put down the cause of why. Like I've not experienced bullying or anything like that to say of why I would have it ingrained in me. Um, do you think yeah. it was from like, I guess, like if your nan was like always on a diet? Yeah, probably. Stuff like that. Because I know, like, my friend, um, Kelly, she wouldn't mind me saying, um, but, like, her mum was always on a diet, and, like, then she was always on a diet. Mm. Um, I think I said on the podcast last week that, like, you know, last year, beginning of last year, was the first time she'd ever decided not to be on a diet, and, like, she's done great, mm. like, exercise and eating healthy and that sort of thing. Um, I think if you are brought up in a culture where diet, 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 why would you think 
else. I think we always want a quick fix too. Oh, like yeah. we can <laughs> get <laughs> we can get anything quick now. So we would binge. Like I think all three of us would happily sit here and eat a load of shit all afternoon, like cakes, chocolates, crisps. Feel absolutely awful tonight or tomorrow. And then we've all probably been there and be like, how do we lose that then? What do we do to get rid of it? Mm. Yeah. And we're like, why have I not lost a soul in a week? <laughs> why have I not lost yeah. this weight? Literally. And then you yeah, give literally up. Literally after one run, have I lost yeah. in the mirror? <laughs> do, I look, do I look slimmer? Can you see my abs? Yeah. <laughs> my flabs. Where there's, that, there's the, um, like the meme or whatever where it's like you, it takes eight weeks for you to notice that you've lost weight or mm. 12 weeks for your colleagues or your friends to notice. But we want to, we want to see yeah. something in two days' time. Yeah. And if we don't, then we become unmotivated, binge again. Mm. And then we're back to cycle of being unhappy, I suppose. Yeah. It is making those small changes for a lifestyle, isn't it? Like, I really don't believe in diets. I have done them because I want a quick fix. Yeah. And now you've been thinking probably that I can maintain that. I loved keto because I love cheese yeah. <laughs> and cream. So, like, for me, I thought, this is it. This is, like, the perfect diet. But, like, even that I couldn't maintain because I still crave carbs, as yeah. do we all. Um, to me, with that, just on that, like, because we both tried keto yeah. last year, didn't we? And I think the only reason I failed at that more than anything is because I'm lazy. Okay. Like, I genuinely... So it's because for a lot of keto, you have to make stuff and even, like, the breads and stuff. Although they've now brought out some, you know, ready-made stuff. But it just... Yeah, I had to make a lot of it, and I'm far too lazy. Because mm. I think we grew up in a house where mum just did everything. And so I never had to... I, I do wish I'd had somebody that would have gone, right, we're cooking tonight, let me show you how to do this. And developed a passion for cooking, because I cannot stand it, it bores the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so, yeah. It's very valid, though. I mean, like, there are these things that you do take into account. Like, people can't cook, don't want to cook, haven't got the time. <clears throat> live very busy lifestyles. Mm -hmm. um, then you've got other aspects, like I put a thing on Facebook about diet culture and stuff like that, and like Lee's sister very bravely um, shared part of her own story about how you know she's tried Slim World and Weight Watchers, those things didn't work for her. She's been to the doctors and kind of was let down by the first two doctors, then the third one was like, yes, you have a fatty liver, it's gonna be a lot harder for you to lose weight than it is for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So like even like different weight, uh, health, medical issues, um, I'll examine my book. Um, so yeah, because actually um, thyroids are quite a big thing on yeah. yeah, so I was adamant, oh, it's my thyroid. Yeah, I, you know, I still think that I haven't got a thyroid problem. Um, so inflammation and cellular damage, hyperthyroidism, chronic stress and depression, which, I think we've all been subject to at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Cushing syndrome, syndrome X. Cushing syndrome? What's yeah, that? I can't remember. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm look it up. Yeah, you look it up. Um, syndrome X, which are basically insulin resistant diseases, polycystic ovary syndromes, mm. um, hormonal changes, lipedema, fatty liver. So, like, lipedema always interests me because that's something that you, you just people have like fatty pockets yeah. that don't go mm -hmm. and there's really you know they have, have no control over that you get as much as you do to try and lose that you just never mm. will will you oh, it's just having too much cortisol in your body That's that it. hormone so you get like fatty chest tummy neck shoulders your face may also be uh, impacted by that but, i do yeah. think um weight <coughs> comes back to like i think we spoke about before like mental health on your fundamentals in life and if you have your basic fundamentals right then you have the good basis to eat healthy and develop a healthier mentality 
in your everyday life so if you're if you have if you exercise if you get your eight hours of sleep a day if you do see your friends socially and get all of that those things it's easier for you to maintain a healthy lifestyle so you mentioned stress depression mm -hmm. if you're stressed and you're not sleeping god the next day if i feel really stressed or really tired haven't slept the next day i'll be on just eat and be like what can i order for lunch because i can't bother to eat or i'll binge chocolate from the cupboard mm. whereas if i've had a healthy night's healthy night's sleep a decent night's sleep I'm more prepared and I feel more like I mentally can prepare my own dinner and lunch. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And then, so the less time you get sleep and all of those types of things. It's like the spiral up or spiral down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, yeah, it all comes back to the like fundamentals of your mental mm. health massively help with all of this. Like, I'm an emotional leader as well. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, yeah. Like, even the other day I had a session on Thursday. I don't work Thursdays at the moment and I had, I had to do a session in the morning. And I was, it was really emotional. Phil was working from here, actually. And I came straight downstairs and needed a hug, started crying. And um, for lunch, I had, I finished off my tub of shortbread. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just ridiculous. Because originally, I was thinking, well, I'll go and do that call. I need to go out for a run. I'll go. I, so I had all the right stuff mm, planned. Yeah. But then, yeah, one bit of it, like I was tired and then I had that session. It just. And you make that, you, so you tell yourself, you tell yourself that's okay because you've had a bad day. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, I deserve this because. Yeah. Oh, at that point, it wasn't even telling myself that it would be, it was okay because I've had a bad day. It was, it's okay because you'll probably go out for a run later. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Did yeah. I? No. no, of course I didn't. Did you know at that moment you weren't going to go? Um, no, because I, I think that's the bit that's kind of tripping me up a little bit at the moment. Every day I keep thinking about, I will go for a run today. Mm. Yeah. And I'm convinced in that moment that I will do it. And I just haven't, like, it doesn't have that. I felt like shit all week. Yeah. You know, just, and for no reason at all. Like, I just feel I've got no energy. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, I could quite happily sit there mm. and do a duvet and watch movies Are all week. Are you sleeping well? Um, yeah, ish. Are you getting your eight hours a day? Um, probably not quite eight hours. That's yeah. a social construct. <laughs> what is? <laughs> eight, eight hours sleep. No. But it's just fine now, what's yours, isn't it? Yeah. Like mine, like I know if I don't have seven hours sleep, I really struggle the next day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah. So like, what are the positive things then about your body? So Ooh. like sometimes oh, God, I'll sit Marley. there and I try and think, not even just like, because when I originally was thinking about that, I was thinking, oh, I like my lips, blah, 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 like physical aspects. But then I stopped to think about, okay, what are the things that my body has allowed me to do that yeah. is quite powerful? So it's got me through some really tough times. It's um, that bit of weight there is like when I started dating Luke and, you know, we were going out for nice meals and like we had a really nice time mm. or like I gained this weight here from the social life that I never had. And now I can go out and drink and eat and stuff like that or this. I don't know, just like stuff like that. Well, even just, like, like you said that questionnaire you sent us the yes. other week, you know, that talked about, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily how it looks, it can be what it does. So, like, my arms allow me to hug somebody that I love, you know, my nose allows me to smell home cooked meals, my legs take me to new places. You know, you can actually have an appreciation. I thought that was quite interesting because you can have an appreciation for parts of your body in a way that's not really promoted. Mm. You know, and I know it sounds stupid because we take that for granted. The fact that I can walk out of here and go and see a new place or, you know, go and have a good time. Mm. You take it for granted that your body allows you to, to do that. Yeah. You know, because there are a lot of people out there that can't. Oh, you oh, definitely overlook don't. that. You do overlook that. Like so, me now, like where I say I'm feeling uncomfortable with my body growing every day, I look in the mirror and think, flipping out, you're getting bigger by the day. But then some people aren't able to have the feeling of what I'm going through now also. Yeah. Mm. But why do we allow our, the negatives to outweigh the amazing good things also? 
And yeah, I was thinking like we, we literally restrict ourselves so much. It's hard to breathe sometimes that like, we put all these constraints on ourselves of mm. how we should be, how we should look, what we should eat. And like for me, I don't think I, I, I'm better now. I don't live in the moment as much as I probably should. Yeah. And like, I don't have the answer. I don't have an answer to sit here and say, this is the way to get out of this kind of mentality. But like I would say, probably for the first time, surprisingly, in my year and a half I've been in therapy, like I finally brought it up and it's something that I really do want to tackle. And, mm. you know, she made the very clear observation that it's not about my weight, it's my self-image. So mm. what does my image, what do I think about myself? That's the thing that drags me down. Um, so, because I don't think, like, I, I genuinely think everybody is beautiful and I don't think, like some people talk about, I was talking to someone the other day and they were really slate and skinny people and I was like, well, like, that's not cool. <laughs> like every body has a beautiful body, but I couldn't look at myself and say that. Mm. But I would look at you two and I think it makes me sad that you both think these negative things about yourself because I don't see that. Um, but it is just within yourself, isn't it? Do I think also doesn't help? Flipping one changing rooms in shops because oh, they literally rooms. have the worst lighting and also make you look the worst you ever look in your entire life so you always feel that about you feel poo when you leave the changing rooms and two clothes sizes oh. are also something else that make you feel awful because you could be a size 12 in one shop go to another shop and be a size 16 you're like have i gained this weight and for mm. that but it's purely like why does size matter on clothing mm. there's a girl i follow on instagram actually and she's very good at um she has like a hashtag i am size me where she shows that different clothes like she buys, buys a pair of jeans in about three different shops and the variety of sizes why does the label why do we make the label matter so much to us when it's just fabric yeah it's just clothing that we're putting on our body but i know if i don't know about you too if i think I was a size 10 at one point. Oh, God, I need to buy a size 12. What, does, like, yeah. what have I done? I've let myself go. I need to lose weight. And we hold such a massive thing just on size of clothes. Mm. Yeah. One I, thing I did, sorry. One thing I did start to do is just getting rid of my old clothes because I used to keep them in my wardrobe and oh, think, like, I'm going to fit back. Those. I'm not. It's not going to happen. Even if I did lose weight, I probably still wouldn't fit into those clothes because my body has changed and grown so much from when I was 19, 20. Yeah, 100%. So I'm not going to fit back into that size six or size eight and yeah. I'm quite frankly I don't want to I don't mm. want to be that slim because I in my opinion have a big head I think I always think I looked better with a bit more weight on me mm -hmm. um so yeah like just get no but I did though like I <laughs> my body now finally fits my head <laughs> I've grown into it guys um <laughs> but even like but that that doesn't bother me like that's just a matter of fact in my opinion um but yeah I think just but I think it's just the mentality towards, like, it, like for me, I, I actually really enjoyed keto as, as mm. well. And the reason I, but I think I went into that with the right mentality this time because it wasn't necessarily, I wanted to lose weight. But it, low carb, by the way. <laughs> it was low carb keto, not low carb. <laughs> they mock me all the time. <laughs> um, but the, but the, I went into that actually wanting to change my relationship with food. And like to show myself that I could have a healthy uh, relationship with food. And so I started trying new things. And actually what was quite nice is the other bit, like I can't remember which one of you made a point about you have to be on a diet for eight weeks to notice. Mm -hmm. I can't remember one of you said that. But um, the thing with keto is I knew that your body doesn't start changing until a month anyway. Mm -hmm. So you have to show yourself for a month that you are in this and you can and you've got that time frame then to just start changing your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. So by the time you start I don't know, I was already prepared for that. 
So I knew I was going to be in it for a bit of a longer run, trying to give myself a chance to change my relationship with food. Whereas obviously when I go on a shake, yeah, you want to see something within a week. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it's so... bloody painful, that's why. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and like, I, I was really glad, like, I really did enjoy it. I now eat far more things than I did before. Like, I eat salad, I eat vegetables, I eat, you know, veg- a lot of vegetarian, we're going for food and I'll eat a lot of the vegetarian stuff actually, now. Actually, we'll have broccoli. I'll actually have broccoli now, you know, so... Like it did, go, it's, I'm just lazy. I think we did, like me and Lee had many a debate about keto. I wouldn't agree with it. And Lee was obviously did well on keto by, I would argue, we used to have this debate all the time. I'd say, we well, were eating less, you're eating healthier, that's why. Not just because of a keto diet. Um, but I think the bet, like the good things you did get on keto were, yeah, you learned to like new foods. Yeah, you explored yeah, really with good. new foods. And I had, I had more energy because I was eating the right stuff. Yeah. You know, I felt much better. And then, you know, yes, I did lose weight and in the right places as well, which was yeah. even more better, uh, which was better. You know, it just, um, I think the bit that I liked more than anything as well with the losing the weight thing is since I've put, like your, your fact says, mm. I've put half of it, over half of it back mm. on mm. in the last year. And, you know, when I got to that weight that I got to last Christmas, I was still thinking about, I need, there's another stone to go. There's mm. another stone. And yet I look at the pictures of me last Christmas and I would now, I I actually was happy then. Yeah. Mm. So not happy, but like far, far happier than, than I've ever been with my body. Mm. And so actually there's a part of me now that just wants to get back to that. Yeah, yeah. So it has made me refocus a little. I just want that healthy relationship with food and... Mm. I just I don't want to be thin actually because I, I also don't have a thin body type so I'm setting myself up to fail and trying to, to do that's that. That's a valid point though. All are like I always find like I'm quite I've got broad shoulders I've got wide hips all my fingers are wide my feet's wide and I'm not gonna have a petite dainty. Were you ever told growing body. up like my nan would say to me you're just big boned? <laughs> <laughs> no I just feel like you're like your granddad. <laughs> Um, but I know we're coming to the end now, but I'm just very curious. What is it that drives you then to want to be different? In what sense? What so, like, ways? mine was, like, attention from the male gaze, as it were. The male gaze? <laughs> well, mine's probably the same, but you mean G-A-Z-E. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, no, probably the same, that kind of external validation. Mm. You know, and Why again, do it, you crave this validation Well, because so growing up, like, I did have that. You know, I had a father who was absent pretty much. You know, I had a stepdad that I didn't necessarily get what I needed from, you know, and then bullies at school. So, actually, and then I was in a church that, you know, preached that you know you can't be certain ways so I suppose I never felt good enough mm-hmm. so you then probably and you are brought up in a culture where you looks are important and I think that probably we also feel like we can probably control that like the bullies the church me being who I am you know being gay or whatever I felt there was probably an element to me that felt like I couldn't control that whereas if I can maybe control the way that I look then I might have more success. Mm. So I probably did then focus on the way that I look. Mm. Um, you know, and I grew up as well, like in my teenage years, yes, I wasn't chubby at that point, but I had really bad acne, like really bad acne. So looks became a, it was important. So, yeah, I don't know, but exactly the same external validation probably. Mm. Um, and But all that comes down to, again, is that lack of self-love, mm. um, how you yeah. view yourself. Um, and so obviously like the three of us in particular have talked about that, you know, we're trying to work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, slow progress. Yeah. We're trying to, I, I've got to remember that like over Christmas, that voice that you were talking about earlier, the one that goes, you're disgusting, blah, blah, blah. Like oh. over Christmas, that was loud and proud. Mm. Like it was, it worried me probably just how loud all of a sudden it got again. So, you know, I know I need to do something about that now. Um, but 
again, I need to remind myself, I'm trying to undo 36 years worth of... Negative self-talk. Negative, yeah. 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 And you know. we, we take, we underestimate how much little steps can take, can meet, well, can't get words out, underestimate how much little changes can make to yeah. how we feel too. Like, we don't have to go out tomorrow and go on a thousand calorie a day diet and have just a shake breakfast, mm. lunch and tea, we can go out and do 5,000 steps a day and that's going to be more than what we were doing today. Yeah. Or like drink more water. Or, yeah, drink or more water. Small steps, fruit, yeah. yeah and once you're comfortable and that becomes then your new daily thing, then maybe you might change something else. Almost but... like exposure therapy, so bit by bit. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, I think last year was a point I got to face I was probably most happy with myself because I was eating balanced, wasn't on a diet, enjoying the gym, walking a fair bit. So I felt most happy within myself. And that was, yeah, there was no diets involved or restrictions. So we'd still have a Chinese on a Saturday. It was just more, like, we, everything balanced. Yeah. Um, so balanced stuff works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, not overwhelming. Like, I, like now I'm probably, I'm not going to say never, because I never say never, but I would like to say I would never go back on a diet. Mm. Like, I'd rather be do that yeah. like exposure to different things so like i said in last week's like i want to drink more water and eat more fruit like that's probably yeah. my biggest goal of the year eat more fruit and veg drink more water so if the weight comes off it does but that's probably like mm. the little things i would like to add in can i then because i know we're finishing now like you obviously done all this research mm -hmm. looked at all this stuff <laughs> yeah you've struggled with the way in which you look you know from mm -hmm. a from a very young age what did you take away then from the fact that you ticked every box near enough and all that sort of stuff? And actually, like, rationally, you know that your mentality about diets and how you view yourself, actually, mm -hmm. by the sense of it, needs to shift, yeah. which you knew that anyway. Mm -hmm. What have you taken away from this that you didn't already know? Um, the body dysmorphia thing. I really wasn't aware of that because I thought it was something different. So that, for me, was quite educational. Um, and probably like the aspects of the diet culture, like I really did tick, I, there was two I missed off, so like engaging in fat shaming, which I do to myself, and then feeling envious of others for their weight or perceived self-control. And I just think like, gosh, I took off every single one of these bar one. Like I've done that my whole life. And I think if anything, that probably makes me want to have a healthier relationship with myself and food than anything. Because when I'm reading them, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is really like tough stuff to mm. live with all the time. And I do, like, unconsciously every single day. So, yeah, that was kind of a... Um, Eye-opener. Yeah, mm. big time. Um, wow, a bit of a um, serious one this week, wasn't it? Yeah, I good. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> right, um... But thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Marley, for bringing that. Yeah, thanks for your research, Marley. Thank you, everyone. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> take care. Take care, Peace Moscow. out, Eight Out Down. Podcast peeps. Podcast peeps. <laughs> say, say it, Ria. Say it. Podcast peeps. <laughs> <laughs>